It's that time of the week again. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop! It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris as they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. As well as the music of today. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Digital Kill the Radio Star starts right now. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast. I am your host, David. I'm here with my co-host, Chris, and uh, it's been a while since uh, you guys have just had the two of us on here. So, uh, Chris, it's been a while. How are you? Man, I'm, I'm not bad. Um, football's back on, so how are you? I can't complain. Um, I was just thinking it's been, man, it's probably been well over a month since we actually did one with the two of us. We had um, the Nashville Rockin' Pod, which was a lot of fun, met a lot of people, and uh, really enjoyed those interviews that we got to do. Was that the last time we were together? Yeah. I mean, not actually recorded, not just physically together the last time we recorded one yeah yeah so yeah. it has been a minute yeah so uh it was great to get all of those out uh the dave ellison interview the jack gibson interview jason beeler and tony harnell we really enjoyed all of those and uh, we appreciate those guys letting us talk to them and so uh, we're done with all of those until next year and uh so that's in the past and then last week uh i hit play on the uh, Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast, and I heard a voice leading off the podcast that was not mine. It was a little weird, Chris. It felt weird, and it really, really felt weird because, I mean, you've done it several times without me. Mm-hmm. I never have without you. And so not only that, but me having to uh, hit, you know, record the thing and intro, which, tell me wrong, if, if anybody listening, it's not complicated. It's just you feel like you're going to mess up, you know, your first time you're going to do something wrong. So... Fortunately, I did not. No, and it, I thought the interview turned out really good. Actually, I thought it was one of our better interviews. I, I I knew nothing about Charlie Overby, really, other than you know he was in Big Bang Babies, and uh, came away from that um, knowing a lot about him, and then realizing like he has a lot of interaction with a lot of bands I really like. So that was cool. Yeah, tours with a, I mean, he's toured, played shit, one offs, and done a lot of stuff with. Uh, yeah, guys, we bands we both love. Yeah. And um, then his hat making business is it's legit. It's not one of these just some guy that plays around and you know in his garage and makes a hat and nobody's buying it. No, and those those things are selling and there are a lot of musicians are wearing them. Like you probably I think you said it even in an interview. Cheryl Crow's wearing his hats. Uh, and there's there's pe- other people as big as Cheryl Crow, but it's all over Hollywood. People are buying his hats. So I mean that's basically that's like he was said to us, I mean, that that's his moneymaker right there. And, and it kind of pays for his hobby of playing music. 
Yeah, it's really cool. I, I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was a great interview. I thought you guys did great. Uh, Caton does always does great, especially when it's somebody that he is uh, as familiar with as he is on uh, Charlie. And so um, that came through. And I'm, I'm glad you guys did it. And uh, Chris has a little recorder now, so we may uh, we may have some more uh, minus David episodes. That yeah, Chris I'm working Caton on. I'm working on one right now, and if we get it, it, he'll be from. It's an artist that's from one of the. I would say, as far as the people we've interviewed, one of the definitely one of the biggest bands of anybody we've interviewed. Yeah. So I'm I'm working on that. It sounds promising. We'll see what happens, and that's one that Kate and I'll be running together. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that, and uh, thank you everybody for listening. I was just show, talking to Chris last night. If the year ended right now. Um, we um our download numbers for the year are up over 20 percent. so um growth is always good we really appreciate that we met met a lot of people at rock and pod uh it's kind of weird chris a couple of times we had people that listened to us come up and talk to us and we didn't know who they were and uh first of all it was really nice of them but that it was just kind of weird that there's people out there listening and and coming up and talking to us yeah it is weird and you know what i feel like for the for the first, I mean, I told you after the podcast, uh, recently after that expo, that for the first time, I I feel like, I mean, it's, and it's always been just as a hobby. It, I mean, it never will be anything more than that. We're never going to make a, a penny off of this. Um, we just do it as, as music fans. But to have people coming up to you and then to have, since then, um, book publisher, um some kind of a, well, I guess, uh, some kind of music exec, um, publicist reach out. Um, another one at the expo had come up to us to have people actually contacting us. It feels kind of weird, but really, really great. Yeah. So another one of those kind of pinch me moments I talk about that we have every now and then. Yeah. All right. So, um, we are inching toward episode 100 of our podcast and, um, our episode 100 podcast, we have already recorded our interview, and uh, we're really proud of it. It's somebody that uh, you're not going to get to hear on a lot of other podcasts. And so uh, we're going to try to crank several out here pretty quick to get us there to uh, number 100, and then we can celebrate that milestone and, and release that interview. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you're going to have me and Chris for a couple of episodes. And since it's been a while since we've talked... Um, couple of things have happened as far as me musically uh probably the biggest one was the uh the suicide of neil casal which just really seemed to rock the music world a lot of different people that you and i listen to um um you know were really expressing their their sadness over that online uh, if you're not familiar with him he was in a band called beachwood sparks for a while they were kind of a uh i think i saw him described as country music through a kaleidoscope and then uh, he was with Ryan Adams and the Cardinals starting with the Easy Tiger album and really brought a lot to that band uh, live and really added a lot um, to that band, even in the studio. And then uh, he joined the Chris Robinson Brotherhood. He was one of the original members on that. And that's where uh, he really kind of established his own identity as a guitar player and uh, really added a lot to that. Just He was just as important to that sound as Chris Robinson's voice was, to be honest. Uh, and some people would say maybe even more. And then he was in the hardworking Americans for a while with uh, Todd Snyder and Dave Schools and um, uh, Dwayne uh, 
oh gosh, Dwayne Trucks. So Trucks and Schools are from uh, Widespread Panic, and then Todd Snyder is a singer songwriter and. Uh, just a really sad situation, man. He was like 50 years old. And uh, by all accounts, everybody that ever met him said he was just the nicest guy. And uh, just really a sad situation. Yeah, Charlie, when we saw Charlie play that night after the interview, he, he sent one out his way. If you, if you listen to the interview, he talks about the song, you know, Slip, uh, Slip Away, which, you know, it, you can kind of figure out what it's about based on the conversation we're having right now. But, uh, yeah, he... he 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 dedicated that song to him. Um, you know, and if you hear, he, you hear an interview, you'll hear how how emotionally gets just talking about that song. But uh, yeah, it, it sucks. And there's too many. You know, a lot of people. There's the big name ones. You know that that happened. You know with, you know, Chester Bennington and and you know Chris Cornell and all that. But some of these other guys, it's like man, it, it sucks. You know, when we lose them like this, a band that I've talked about a lot lately that I've just become so enamored by which is, is frightened rabbit you know him going and then let's not forget that in the indie world a really really big name is david berman we haven't talked about him either you know and he was from you know if you've heard of the silver jews he, he had just put out a mount, uh, an album with uh, purple mountains this guy is like legendary on the, in the indie music scene i mean legendary and he's yet another one so it sucks Really, it does. Very, very sad. But um, uh, Neil was a great guitar player, and and it seemed like an even better human being. So uh, we'll see how uh, his former band is going to... Well, the Brotherhood had just broken up, and so it's kind of eerie timing, and nobody really knows what all went on with that. There's a lot of rumors, but we'll just leave it that at rumors. But uh, I have, uh, Chris, uh, found a new band that I've really started listening to a lot lately, uh, my buddy Kyle, who's done the podcast with me before, recommend, recommended them to me. It's a band called, I, I believe you pronounce the name Soen, S-O-E-N. And they are made up of former members of Opeth, Testament, and Amana Marth. And uh, the best way I can describe their sound is um, Pink Floyd meets Tool, with a little more Tool than Pink Floyd. Um, very kind of atmospheric, but uh, just really good music, and um, I've really gotten into it. Some of it's really heavy, and some of it's pretty mellow. Uh, I've ordered one of their albums, and it will be coming uh, to me shortly, but uh, yeah, I've really gotten into them, and uh, just going to go backwards in their catalog with uh, with their latest album. I don't have the name of it in front of me. I didn't do my homework, but yeah, it's a band called So and they, they don't sound like a Monomarth. They don't sound like Testament or, or Opeth, but uh, sound like a, a hybrid of Tool and Pink Floyd. Really? I mean, I'm, I, I don't mean this as an insult to them or like calling them a ripoff because I'm not, but I would say, yeah, they sound, they're, if you like Tool, they're for you. Yeah, that's, yeah. Fair, that's a fair statement. That's the way I'd say it. I mean, if you're in Pink Floyd, you know, you're not going to hear Dark Side of the Moon. You're, you're going to hear tool um but no it's i i, I knew that I, i'd heard the name but i never really listened to him so you said something i mean it's yeah it's definitely um that metal prog type um long songs yeah it's cool speaking of tool so they dethroned taylor swift they have the number one album in the country right now yeah um and i've listened to it i told you i i uh I was really big in the tool back in the nineties, you know, the, from the opiate EP to undertow to anima, absolutely loved those and still do by the way. Uh, really, really love anima. Um, at this new one, I, 
I seem to kind of like it better in the, the past couple that they put out. Um, so far, so good. You know, it's got some it's got some cool tunes on it. You know, that the single, that Fear Inoculum, that's a great one. And then the one that everybody's talking about, and rightfully so, uh, Tempest. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Um, I, that, that song is great. I haven't been able to listen to the whole album yet. I did like the single. And then I've seen so many pe- people talking about Tempest that um, – that I went and checked it out and uh, sounds really good, but it's very cool for rock music to ha- you know have been able to out outsell Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, and I mean let's let's not forget too, Slipknot is doing extremely well right yeah. now with their new record. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any kind of charts. I don't really keep up with that, but I imagine they're really high. And then one last question for you, Chris, before you get to what you've been listening to, um, I haven't ha- had a chance to listen to anything other than the single and their and their cover. Of um, the chain, have you listened to any of the high women? No, none you know, of it. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, I do, but I haven't heard any of it. Yeah, I, I, hopefully by next podcast, I'll have given that a spin. It's getting a lot of really good uh, reviews and press, and I mean, it's definitely some heavy hitters that are involved in it for sure. Yeah, I'll have to check it out then. Yeah, their version of the chain, they played it on the Howard Stern show, um, and it was uh, it was really really good. So. Enough about me. I'm sure you've got some um, obscure folk death metal band from Denmark to tell us about. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll save that one for a second. Um, but I do have one that is not super obscure. I mean, a lot of people that are listening to this probably don't know who they are. But I, I would, I would, um, I would say to please find out who they are after this. Uh, it's a band called Off with Their Heads, and they're a punk band as, as a coworker of mine said, and I thought it was, it was a good comparison. He kind of put them in the vein of bad religion. And, you know, I've, I've, I've been a fan of these guys for a while, but this new record, it, man, it, it might be their best. And it's going to be, I can tell you, I feel like this is going to be a contender for album of the year for me. It's the new one's called be good. The first three songs are great. Disappear, be good. And you will die. And the last two, it's one of the greatest ways to end an album I've heard in a while. It goes from a song called Locking Eyes and without music ending at all goes into a song called Death. And this album is fantastic. If you like punk, and when I say you know, punk, think, like I said, bad religion type. If, if you like that kind of music, you really need to give this album a shot because it, I mean, these guys outdid themselves with this album. Phenomenal. Cannot say enough th- good things about it. Been out a few weeks, and I listen to it. Feels like almost because it's. I mean, it's quick. It's a quick listen. It's about you know thirty five minutes. Um, so that'd be number one that I'm listening to right now. And the other, this is just the beauty of social media. So I was um, the stuff you're talking about, like the the, the crazy obscure stuff I'm, I listened to. I, I was following a couple of bands yesterday, and one of the bands that I followed is a band called. Um, I don't know if it's Alcest or Alcest. That's A-L-C-E-S-T. But they're a French band, and I believe I've talked about them before on here. And they are definitely the experimental type. A lot of the music is in is in the he sings in, in French. It's uh, it's like beautiful melodic music, and then it'll get crazy, insane, like almost black metal type. But more. More of the shoegaze than the the black metal for sure. But anyway, I followed them, and I think that's the one that triggered it. This I got followed by some. It, 
It's called un. I hope I'm saying it right. Unrequited. U n r e q v i t e d. And I looked at it, you know, and I normally don't give it any a second chance, but it. I I can't remember what the profile said on Instagram, but it it grabbed me. So I went and listened to his music, and I was blown away. I, I thought it was, I thought it was absolutely just brilliant stuff and it yes it is it, they, it, he's not from Finland or Norway or anything like that but he is from Canada I believe and like a band I've talked about before Panopticon it's a it's my understanding it's a one-man guy that's he's doing everything um, and it's uh, it's like beautiful very atmospheric kind of shoegaze type music and then it'll get into the crazy like death heaven type black metalish type stuff but like alcest it's a little bit more probably on the on the shoegaze side of things and just this atmospheric just beautiful music but anyway he's got you can look him up on how do you stream itunes um uh why am i drawing a blank spotify and album that i've really enjoyed is a disquiet and then and of course stars wept to the sea and then he just recently put out an ep called river and it is nothing but just it's just an instrumental almost like world music but uh yeah i mean I, I, it's it's really cool when when somebody like otherwise i would have never heard about him and i actually i actually commented to this guy I sent him a message on instagram and i, I told him i was so glad he followed me because otherwise i would have never heard him and I just told him how great his music was. Super, super appreciative guy. So if you like some of this kind of odd stuff that I listen to, Deaf Heaven, Panopticon, any of those kind of cats, give this, give this a shot. It's good. Man, I'm telling you, you can find him. He found me. This time. <laughs> he found me. And I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did. He's, it's, uh, it's really, really cool music. And it's... And it's it, and if you don't like, and the thing is, when it gets into kind of the, when it gets into the screaming, if that's not for you or whatever, it's so in the background. I mean, it really is. It's it's more to me. It's just just like what it is with Death Heaven. It's about the music, and um, yeah, it's it's good stuff. All right, Chris. Before we get to our topic, I do want to congratulate uh, the uh, gentleman that won our uh, Dave uh, Elson book signed book um, contest. Andy Malgathan. Um McLaughlin. 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 Okay, sorry, mispronouncing your name. Uh, he won. Andy, I promise you, I'm, I've been out of sorts. I've got it in the envelope, ready to go to the post office to you. So hopefully, you'll have it before I um, um, do uh, release this episode. But thank you for participating, and uh, hope you enjoy the book. And uh, Tom Hazard and Dave Ellison both signed that, so that will be on the way to you. All right, so Chris, this week our topic is five albums that changed our life, and I think we both kind of went about it the exact same way. Uh, these aren't necessarily my five favorite albums. I don't think they're necessarily your five favorite albums, but it's albums that for one way or another changed how we listen to music, and um, I this was a hard one to come up with, narrow it down to five. And so I tried to kind of narrow mine down to like 
five different types of music and, and I'll explain each one, but um, you were the one that actually, I can't remember who came up with the idea, but you did. Did I? Okay. Um, and, and I think you kind of approached. I think I just, I'm sorry to cut you off. I think what you did is you brought it up and I said, okay, change my life. That's, that's, you hear people say that all the time. That's going to be really hard for me to, to say that. And I said, I, I could probably give you something that I feel like kind of set me on the path to being as diverse as I am. And you're like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. And so that's kind of, that was kind of my logic behind it was, I, I guess in a way you could change my life, but really albums that I felt like put me on the path to where I am instead of just loud, you know, bass, guitar, drums, rock. Right. So that's kind of, that's kind of where mine is. Well, why don't you do the honors and, and you go over your five first? Okay. I'm not going to, I don't think these are going to take too long to go over. I'll try to give like just one quick little summary, one quick little statement, I guess, about why I chose it. Um, I guess what I'll do is I'll kind of start in the order of the impact that they had on me. And the first one, and I've, I've probably shared this before, that for me, Elvis came first with music and then... The first person, the first that I, after that that I really remember grabbing me was Billy Idol, just as a young kid, and I, I, I couldn't get enough of Billy Idol, and so I, I decided that I would that I'd go with Rebel Yell, the uh, second album by Billy Idol. That was the first one I ever owned uh, on cassette. And it probably wasn't an easy sell to get my mom to buy to buy me that cassette, but she did. And I chose this one because he was really I feel like even though yes, Elvis was first, Billy Idol was the first like true love as far as music. And so that was important to include. And also because we do talk so much about hard rock and metal, I don't I mean, quick little spoiler, I'm not gonna have we always say like hair metal and all that was our gateway drug. I don't have any of that on my list, but Billy Idol, I feel like kind of opened those doors though with the, the rock. Yeah. I mean, it was a little elements of new wave, but, but it was, I mean, he was pretty rocks, especially by the time he had come out with rebel yell. And that's why I chose that. And David, I think you, you, we were going to play a couple of tracks on these off our list. So the song I chose off of this was of course off Billy Idol off rebel yell do not stand in the shadows. That song was just, um, I, I wore that album and that song out. So enough of me talking, do not stand in the shadows, Billy Idol. From that one, um, 
as I started thinking, what was the next? And the next one, I think that really, I don't know if it was necessarily the next thing that really hooked me, but I remember it was, I, I still have memories. Uh, my mom was so good to me when she would, uh, especially during these summer months when I'd, I was in the car all the time with her and, and we're going, doing whatever. And she'd always let me play my music. And, you know, that'd be hard for me to do. And so God bless my mom for doing that. She was a saint for that. And one that I always played that I just loved and still absolutely treasure to this day is New Order Substance, which was um, just, uh, I don't know how I would describe. I mean, it was it was a reworking of a lot of their a lot of their old songs was really what it was. And, but this, it was, it was so long. It's actually a double album, but I had it on cassette. And I think this one's important because not only was it one that I just, I'd say it was in like the top three of my early years of, of albums that I just played nonstop. And I feel like this one probably in a way may have opened the doors to the more new wave and goth type stuff that I listened to, you know, that got me into, Bands like The Cure, um, I think these the, probably a foundation was probably built with this New Order so substance. How, how old were you when you started listening to New Order? Well, whenever Substance came out, Substance came out in '87, so I would have been ten. You know, and that was really before because I think I think when the it was always Billy Idol and and keep in mind Billy Idol and and New Order would have been around the same time, but. I think that it was because I want to say it was probably getting just after this is when because kind of around it was well it was this time too in the I'd say eighty seven eighty eight is when I really started getting you know the the poison and the warrants and all that uh, but but this was it, it kind of Billy off New Order um, I throw Crowded House in there that was a big one for me too and then it started more of the poison, the Motley crew, and then the obligatory Zeppelin and Hendrix and all that. But so I feel like, like I said, I feel like that album just kind of shaped me. And then next, and, and I don't know where I really put these in, in order. These are all, these are all high school years. So let me just start with, um, I'll go with Chris Isaac forever blue as my next one. You know, when you're listening to nothing but the hair metal for the most part, and then you get grunge comes in and you're listening to that, and you're listening to the bands that kind of fell somewhere in between, like your Mother Love Bone, your Candlebox and all that. You get my point. It was all still the same stuff. I mean, relative. I mean, it was still guitar, bass, drums, and loud. And I remember hearing Chris Isaac, and I, I remember, you know, Wicked Game and all that, and... You know, I'm, obviously, I'm, I, I love the video to Wicked Game. I mean, what guy doesn't? But nothing about that hooked me. And I remember just, I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard the song Somebody's Crying, and I just thought, man, this is so good. I'm kind of surprised I like this. And on a whim, one day, I'm at a music store, and I just thought, huh, I'm going to get this. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And you got to, th- I mean, it's so far from the stuff I was listening to. And it's another one that I still love to this day. And I still love Chris, all those Chris Isaac records. So the, the song that grabbed me off of that, 
the song that I named, Somebody's Crying, that's the one I, I told David we'll, we'll go ahead and play. So here it is, Chris Isaac off Forever Blue, Somebody's Crying. I'm going to go with the one that was probably the biggest step, you know, just outside of my circle. And that was Hank Williams, 24 greatest hits. I can't really tell you why I bought it. I don't remember if it was, I don't really don't remember, but I knew I'd heard a few of the, the songs and I thought, I, mean, I, I kind of like that. I bought it and I loved it. And I ended up just falling in love with classic country. And now I think, I think it's probably been said on here before, but my, my dog that passed, he was named cash and I've got three dogs now, Hank, Waylon and Dolly. And I just, there's a special place in my heart for the classic country. And that's, I get, it all started with Hank Williams. And then the final one that I chose was, you know, I'm going to actually probably change this, David, when you and I gave each other our list. I'm staying with the same band. Donnie Osmond, I, right? It's Donnie no, Osmond. No, 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 no. I'm staying with the same band, but I thought, well, I'm going to go with Eponymous by R.E.M. Because that kind of opened the doors to the old stuff and all that. But no, I think this is a better one because, again, it was a step in a completely different direction for me. Um, so I... I chose, I'm going with automatic for the people for this because, you know, the acoustic style of REM, because this one really, without this record, I don't really, probably I don't go to eponymous and then I don't start buying everything I could get my hands on, you know, uh, pageant and murmur and reckoning and getting all those old records fables. It was eponymous that really blew the doors open for me, but that doesn't happen without automatic for the people and so that's why i'm gonna choose that one and then you know going with that now you're really talking about opening doors because you're opening so many different things that i i love to this day i mean you where to begin you know when you listen to rem and the influences that they came from I, we don't even have enough time to name where that really kind of opened the doors for me and, and set me on my path and 
So there it is. There's my five. All right, so let's go through yours real quick. Hank Williams Jr., I mean, Hank Williams uh, Sr., I can totally see that, um, getting into that, uh, how that got you into country. All right, New Order, uh, it's kind of odd to me that you're at 10 and you and you were listening to that, but that's pretty cool. Um, I doubt there are a lot of 10-year-olds listening to it at the time. I don't mean to to cut you off. It was the video for the the song True Faith, and I I was a big MTV hit, and that's what got me. I probably should have told that. And then REM Automatic for the People, that was the door opening for a lot of people for REM, to be honest. Um, Yeah. There were, you know, you and I were way too young for when Murmur came out, and then uh, even when Out of Time came out, we still would have been... 12 13 and so yeah yeah yeah, and so that automatic for the people it was huge with everybody hurts and drive all over mtv and 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 honestly too automatic for the people took it even more well filled because it was even more stripped down because it was still you still had the big poppy elements a lot of time and they went in and they really and they they lost a lot of and they went into the studio to record a rock album and automatic for the people is what came out um (laughs) and you know all right so chris isaac um um I'll have to slow clap you that that you picked up on that at an at an early age. Um, at that age, I definitely was. Would, I enjoyed the video, but uh, I was definitely I definitely wouldn't have been caught dead with a Chris Isaac uh, <laughs> CD. So um, kudos to you for that. And then what was the first one? Oh, Billy uh, Idol. Billy Idol. Billy Idol. You, you know, one of the biggest stars of the eighties. Um, kind of fused that new wave punk with kind of a classic rock sound. And, uh, you know, he was just all over MTV. And so yeah. I could definitely see that being one that made you like rock music with a little bit of an edge. Yeah, and a great player, too, in Steve Stevens. So, I mean, kind of really that you could kind of fall in love with the guitar, too, at that age. You know, and, right. and Billy Idol and Steve Stevens and the, the way they look just super, super cool. You know, those two, you know, Steve Stevens with the huge jet black hair, all in black, and Billy Idol with the blonde bleached out hair and just the total no pun intended rebel look that he had right with those cool and the permanent snarl yeah um, all right hey, by the way too his hero was elvis and elvis was my fir- the first really the first one that got me into music then came billy idol so it, it made me think of that when you said the snarl he had that elvis snarl billy idol and glenn dancing should do a joint tour together and just be <laughs> you know the evil elvises yeah um all right, so my five uh, are, are fairly diverse, and uh, I'll explain each one as we go. All right, so I was really young when I started listening to music, like probably six years old. So I went to this school, and every Friday during football season, we would have these big pep rallies. And the cheerleaders always did a dance to one or two songs um, at the time from um, you know current music that was on. And so I would hear that and like that. And my dad was really open to me listening to music, so I was very fortunate that I had my dad there to kind of help me, you know, listen to music so like my first two albums i got when i was like six honest don't laugh were like uh the footloose soundtrack and i think even like the flash dance soundtrack and so in my head those are you know all songs from a movie but when other people put songs out they just put out that song and i didn't understand the concept of an album i just thought hey the police put out you know every breath you take that's all they put out and you just go by that by itself. I I was not old enough to understand the concept of an album. And so I heard when the, when doves cry uh, on the playground and I remember going up and being like, who is this? You know, they say it's Prince. And I'm like, 
well, how do I get it? You know, and they're like, what's on the Purple Rain album? And I'm like, what's an album? You know? So somehow I talked my mom into going and buying me uh, Prince um, Purple Rain. And so I go and I listen to it and I realize, oh, there's a lot of other songs on here other than just When the Doves Cry. And of course, you know, Let's Go Crazy was a big hit. Purple Rain, one of the biggest songs of the 90s. Um, one that everybody likes. And then it had other songs like Computer Blue and you had kind of the infamous Darling Nikki and, and stuff like that. And so that was one, like, I, I put that tape in and I would always listen to it all the way through. And I'm, I'm so thankful that I did that because I think at an early age, I grasped the importance of, of an album, that it's not just a single. There's other songs on there. And many times those other songs are better than the songs that are played on the radio. And so I've always had a fondness for that album. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I still listen to it a lot. Chronologically speaking, not in order of release, but order of affecting me, the Metallica, the Black Album. Now, like we've talked on on here, man, I was all into Poison and Warrant, Skid Row, and all of that stuff, and maybe even some Trickster. I uh, hope Ron Hamilton's not listening, but uh, a little <laughs> bit of Trickster. And so um, I, I really liked that hard rock, kind of glammed up rock, rock, and probably the heaviest thing that I listened to would have been ACDC or Guns N' Roses. And I had a cousin um, that was a couple of years older than me, and she got into Metallica young. And, I mean, she was into, like, Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets. And Man, I'd listen to that stuff, and honestly, it kind of scared me uh, when I was really young. And so... Um, not, much, much, not much has changed with still scared of certain bands. Yeah. And no, just, it, was just, it was just so loud and aggressive. And so, anyway... Um, the Black Album comes out, Inner Sandman, and of course, you know, it's just basically a big rock song. And so uh, I, I, I specifically remember going and buying that and listening to it and liking pretty much all the songs on there except for one or two. And I was like, I really like this. I'm going to have to go back now and try to listen to some of this other stuff since I like this album so much. So the first one I went and got was Injustice for All. And of course, you know, one, I, I knew about one, but, you know, uh, the other songs on there and then kind of um later in life went back and really got into like ride the lightning and 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 kill them all has its moments but uh master of puppets really got into those but um like i said the black album had a lot of amazing songs on it and to me one of the most underappreciated songs on the album is of wolf and man Stop! 
I really, really enjoyed that song. You know, there's so many songs on there that everybody knows, and that's one that's a little bit left of center. And I've I've always really enjoyed it. And they don't play it a whole lot uh, when they do. I think it sounds really cool. I think they did it uh, at their S and M concert that they recorded like 20 years ago. And as we're recording this, I think they're in the middle of doing like a of doing the S and M concerts again. So Metallica, the Black Album. And the next album that I'm going to talk about really just threw me for a loop. So my friend Michael Ray was a couple years older than me. He'd gone off to college. And he would come back every Friday afternoon. And I was like a junior or senior in high school. And we would hang out. And he loved Music Man just as much as as me. Me, him, and um, our late friend Eddie. uh, We just really listened to music all the time. Well, he came back and he's like, guys, you got to listen to this. And he puts in an album, a live album by Pink Floyd called Delicate Sound of Thunder. Now, my exposure to Pink Floyd up until that time was money. And that's all I knew. And I never even, I never liked that song. Um, I, I think it, it's terrible. I just, and it's not because it's the most popular. There's other popular stuff they put out that I love. I just never liked that song. He put on Comfortably Numb and my life changed. I was like, what is this? I've got to get more of it. And so uh, he's like, yeah, it's off the album The Wall. So I went and listened to The Wall, but I was kind of jaded on it because the live version just stands out so, you know, so well. And so I immediately went and bought Delicate Sound of Thunder and just immersed myself into that album. Just the songs on that album. Really didn't go back and get into the studio versions, but just really got into that. And then I was a... I think I was a freshman in college. Pink Floyd put out a live album called Pulse, which, in my opinion, is, is my favorite live album of all time. And that album blew me away. I think it blew everybody away that got it. And that is the album, along with uh, um, an old roommate of mine and, and a mutual friend of ours, Shannon, we got into Pink Floyd, and, I mean, we got into them hard. And they're one of my top three favorite bands, and I never would have given them a chance had Michael Ray not played... Um, comfortably numb off the delicate sound of thunder live album so that just really kind of rocked my world and then uh, i was still listening to stuff like uh uh you know motley Crue and poison and like that and i get to college and everybody's talking about this band called widespread panic and i listen to them and i'm like oh it's not you know it's it's not uh it's not alice in chains it's not motley Crue or whatever but everybody just went crazy over them and so i went out and bought a cd called ain't life grand which had just come out and I threw it in and there's a song on there called airplane that just completely wowed me when I heard it. And so airplane is the song that just really turned me on to widespread panic. I've now seen them countless times. Uh, yes, they are a jam band and that stuff drives Chris crazy, but, uh, uh, the folk grass. I had all, I had all those widespread I had all, I had all of them. Yeah, and so I still do. I mean, it's some of it's some of it's okay. Just, I don't like, I just don't like the droning live that they do. Their albums were de- were pretty decent. I mean, I, I love them then. I don't love them now, you know, because a lot of times music our tastes do change, right? And I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I just don't care to see them live. It's it's don't make a four minute song last for thirteen. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I just I love Widespread Panic. I saw them recently again, and they haven't changed. They're still great. Um, this Ain't Life Grand is all of the music on it is accessible, and uh, it's not very long. And they do jam it out when you see them live. That's, that, you're right on that. But the song Airplane 
is the one that I would go and uh, listen to. And that's, so that's the one I'm going to play. So here's Airplane.
All right, the last album that um, I, I really uh, think helped mold my music identity was Cold Roses by Ryan Adams and the Cardinals. Um, let's see here. I don't even know where to begin with this. I first heard Ryan Adams uh, on a... Um, gosh, it was, a, it was a movie. What was it? It was an Owen Wilson movie, Behind Enemy Lines. The final scene in that movie is Ryan Adams playing Rescue Blues. And I really like that. So I went and looked and found who was playing that. And I was like, that is really, really good. And then come to find out, he, you know, he's kind of at that point, he's kind of like the darling of the underground music media because he had been in a band called Whiskey Town, which I honestly had never heard of it to that point. And then put out a solo album called Heartbreaker that, you know, people think is one of the best releases of the alts and uh, just got great reviews on that. And so uh, Cold Roses is the first of three albums he put out that year with his backing band the Cardinals. And, uh, it was at a time where I was living by myself. And so, um, it was just an out, a CD that I would put on and listen to over and over and over and over again. Songs like let it ride, uh, cherry lane, Magnolia mountain, the song cold roses, uh, are all really good songs and, and really good to hear him play them live. And now Neil Casal did not play on this album, but his contributions to songs on this album, live were really really good and so i became a really big ryan adams fan uh after that still am and uh got into whiskey town and it helped me appreciate like uncle tupelo more uh sunvolt more and um really got me into some of that type of music more than what i was because this album just was so good so if you haven't heard it uh cold roses by ryan adams it's technically a double album in length, it's really not a double album. I think uh, they did that on purpose, but I would uh, suggest at least giving that a try and try Magnolia Mountain and Sweet Illusion and Let It Ride and Code Roses. All of those are really, really good songs. So that wraps up my five. Well, I'll tell you, the Ron Adams one is it's a, it's a bit of a surprise because it came so late, but there's there's no right or wrong answer. Mine, I just were all in those you know formative years of growing up. Um. And then, of course, you know how I feel about Cold Roses. I, I love Ron Adams, too. Um, I don't like the hashtag Me Too stuff, but, you know, I, I, um, it's probably one of my least favorite records by him. I mean, it, it really is. And you've always known that. So that, that but again, different, different taste. Um, yeah, and the, the, the Pink Floyd, I think that's an early age to be into something like that. I mean, Pink Floyd, I got into the wall when I was a freshman in college. Yeah. That's when I really first discovered that, and that's when a lot of people just kind of get into Pink Floyd because I feel like Pink Floyd is, it, along with the kind of singer songwriter and the Americana type stuff, especially that we went experience in, in college. That seems like Pink Floyd is kind of almost like the, it's almost like the set like a, when you're in seventh grade, you're supposed to listen to Zeppelin, right? You know, when you get to college, you're supposed to listen to Pink Floyd, right? So. um yeah, and I mean the the, the Metallica. I I, uh, I get that. I, I mean, I definitely get that as far as that opening doors um, and 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 shaping you as a listener. And then the the Prince thing. That's kind of it's like a, it's like a Billy Idol one for me. I mean, they're selling nothing alike, but they're still '80s icons and um, huge in that MTV MTV era. And, and we were both just little kids, you know. And that's the early early love of music 
Yeah, so it's it's ten very different albums, but ten kind of pretty cool stories. I think we've got on all of them. Yeah, I agree. So that will wrap it up this week for us. Um, thanks everybody for listening. If you can follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed and like our page on Facebook and Instagram, Digital Killed the Radio Star Podcast. And subscribe uh, on whatever platform you so choose. And leave us a review and a rating and uh, screenshot that and send it to us. And we'll put a little something to you in the mail. And we're going to try something new this week. So uh, we've mentioned our buddy Todd Poole and Roxy Blue have a great new album out. It's a self-titled album on Frontiers Records. And so to play us out this week is song number three off that album. It is called Scream. Everybody have a good week. I want to hear you scream like there's no